and slasher films, where ethics means payoffs, graft, insider trading, where integrity means lying, whoring, and intoxication. This country is in deep trouble, people. This country is rotten to the core, and somebody better do something about it. I want you to take your hand out of that bowl of Fritos, throw away your National Enquirer, and pick up the phone. Go ahead, pick it up, hold it up to your face, and dial 555-DALK. Open your mouth and tell them what we're going to do about the mess this country's in. Talk radio. It's the last neighborhood in town. People just don't talk to each other anymore. Let's go to the first caller. Very important. That record record button is essential. essential. You got me? Yeah, we are recording. Oh, good. Can you hear me? It would suck if we didn't record and we (laughs) talked and we had nothing to show for it. That would right. suck. It's only, it only happened once for about 15 minutes, and it was, oh, my God, it was some good stuff when you were talking about uh, your COVID vacation to San Diego with masks, and some had them and some didn't, and you had to tape yours to your head because some people didn't. It was Bobby G and all your gangster friends. Well, it's interesting. I went to a celebration of life for a buddy who unexpectedly passed away, and I was tested that day, and I wore my mask the entire time, and... 85% of the people didn't have a mask on, Wow! which was fine because they thought it was really weird too, to be at a cell. What was that? Oh, yeah. that was just uh, AOL mail. Don't tell anyone at school. I have AOL still. Okay. So do I. I'm connected. <laughs> I never gave up my AOL mail because I love my email at talk brick. Right. AOL.com. You know, I like it. Talk brick at AOL.com. And I've never had a problem with AOL. Well, I haven't either. Here's the thing, people, because it sounds old-fashioned, people switched over to Gmail and Yahoo, et cetera. But you and I always like to be predictable with our friends and our family. It didn't matter. This is one thing. I'm so age-obsessed. But with the AOL thing, I have a perfect reason, and that is I want people to be able to get a hold of me. And I like to be a consistent person, and so do you. We have the same friends, some of them since kindergarten. And you and I both have friends since kindergarten. So we like to have them find us easily, or friends that we haven't talked to in a long time, but we may have emailed in the past. They can still find you if you keep your old email address, and that's why I kept mine. Yeah, I think a good email. Nowadays, I have a hard line at home, and you'll get a kick out of this. I interviewed Marcus Allen today, which is a big, big interview. Yeah. And it wasn't, I can't use it because he wasn't on a hard line. And uh. it was a cell phone, and we've talked about this for years, which isn't the end of the world. I'll be able to get bits out of it. I'll be able to take pieces out of it. I was looking at the, uh, the Raiders' schedule. A couple of things I want to talk to you about. First of all, the Raiders being double-digit underdogs. I was seeing 12 today at the Dunes. Um, are the, are the Raiders going to cover that against the Kansas City Chiefs? 12 What's points? Big deal? I mean, Kansas City, they're tough because remember that game against the Patriots without Cam Newton? Yeah. And without Cam Newton, that game was tight. I mean, it was really tight in the first half. Yeah, Patriots would have won that with Cam. They would have won that game with Cam, and then at the end, Kansas City just stepped on the throttle, and they won, and they covered the spread. And that's what's interesting about gambling with the spread. So the Raiders are a two-touchdown underdog and i would recommend loading up on the raiders i i just think Derek carr is going to uh, dink and dunk it down the field that'll keep kansas city chief offense off the field that's really important and if i do place a bet on this game it'll be at betonline.ag they're the proud sponsor of the jt and looney podcast episode 
52. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. I love the props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. There's always the online casino open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just like your local 7 Eleven. BetOnline.ag. Take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. BetOnline AG. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And as I say, JT, Derek Carr is going to dink and dunk it down the field, and the Raiders are going to cover against the Chiefs. Derek Carr's never won. Never won in Kansas City. Wow. He's won games before. He's lost more than he's won. But he's a good enough quarterback that he should have won there. And, you know, with COVID, Tom, what's so interesting about this as we transition to gambling and football, I talked to Lee Sterling to name drop from Paramount Sports. And, you know, we used to do this thing, jump the line, where early in the week on Monday and Tuesday, lines would come out. And we would say, man, that line doesn't look right. We know that there's going to be some Viking money or Seahawk money coming later on that spread, and the line would move. Now, as Lee told me, no one's placed in their bet until game day. And a lot of these prognosticators are telling their clients, do not bet until the morning of the game. Because of COVID? Because of COVID. Wow. You could end up your co- the night before, COVID positive. You could lose two players that would affect the line. Wow. And on top of that, what's, what's big out here in Vegas is there's a bunch of contests. Like the, the biggest contest in all of the NFL is at the Superbook at the Westgate. And you have to pick five teams against the spread. Well, if you take the Buffalo Bills and the Titans and they cancel that game, right. too bad, you're out. You put that in and you're out. And that could affect wow. the swing of a lot of money. So people are betting. They're waiting till the last second. And so they know hungover gamblers have to wake up early on a Sunday, the last day they'd like to wake up early with all the drinking on Saturday night. They have to wake up early and get their bets in then. Well, you'd want to get your yeah. bet in. Uh, as close as you could to kickoff because if there was any concern about COVID. And that was the big story this week coming into our podcast is the Titans have, you know, 22, even more members of the organization players and the organization. So their facility has been shut down. They haven't been practiced all week. And to name drop again, I talked to the great Andrew Brandt, the former Packer executive, who's a really sharp professor at Villanova. And he told me something really sharp. He said, don't uh, don't sympathize for the Titans at all. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, oh, no, don't sympathize for them. They left the building. They closed their practice facility. So a bunch of the guys like you, big ripped guys in tank tops, <laughs> went to their own park to work out. Right. That's where the outbreak happened. Oh, they didn't wow. follow team rules. They wanted to get their workout in, and they worked out without the organization across the street in a park. And then the numbers spike, and if they have to forfeit the game, wow. not not postpone the game, forfeit the game, which is going to be a topic going forward. He said, don't don't feel sorry for them. They did this to themselves. I, uh, I've been working out at a park gym. It's one I always drove by and said, well, maybe I'll work out there someday when I'm old. There's always old people there, old skinny people working on this equipment, which I always thought was useless. But all the gyms closed. So I checked it out and come to find out some of the equipment, it uses your own body weight. So when you weigh 185, you're benching 185. So it's pretty cool. It's some of the, some of the, uh, this, it's this cheap, I don't know if it's cheap, but this, it's this, you know, this new park gym that they have all, all over LA, these new park gyms. And they're in Green Bay Packer colors, which is strange and with a big G. 
And, uh, and actually, I've, I've come to like the equipment because it uses your own body weight, and that's really popular these days. It's a popular workout for popular people, JT, people using their own body weights, and you see them using the rubber bands and the things that, 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 uh, that, that emphasize your core and all that popular stuff. So using your own body weight is always a good workout. So I'm having how many, a, I'm, yeah. how many Pelotons do you own? How many Pelotons do Peloton. I own? Peloton, the bike, you know, the the Peloton. Yeah, bike. I don't, I don't have a Peloton bike, no, because everybody you know, has one. Everybody I know, has. I know, I don't like working out inside the house. Plus, there's, I have a thousand acres of, of of a county park right behind my house, so I like to go outside, and I've always liked to go outside to do cardio. Period, and. I always like to leave time for wonder, as Mr. Rogers would say. <laughs> so when I go in to the woods to hike, I'm not like the women who are. The only thing you can really hear is birds chirping and women chirping on the phone when you're in the, when you're out in the hiking of the woods. And guys sometimes even carry uh, sound systems with them. But for me, no, no music, nothing in my ears. I like to hear the birds chirping, and it leaves my mind time to wonder. Sometimes while I'm hiking, I dictate into my cell phone ideas for the podcast. Here's one of them. I get why some people just want to be people, why some people don't want to be civil rights leaders, why gay people don't want to be a gay person, they want to just be a person, why women don't want to be feminists or a woman leader, they just want to be a person. Why a black guy might not want to be a civil rights leader. It's, it can be dirty work. He just wants to be a guy. And why a white guy might not want to fight for a black guy's rights. Because he just wants to live. And be live a benign life. And doesn't feel like doing that stuff. Doesn't make him a bad guy. But to actively pick on black people for the name Black Lives Matter. You know, they're saying don't step on our necks. Don't shoot us. Can you at least give them the courtesy of not punching them in the face and mocking the name of their group, Black Lives Matter? It's just the fucking name of their group. You know, we don't pick on American Cancer Society and say, all diseases matter. You know, we don't pick on the 4th of July and Independence Day and say, all countries matter. Why should we shoot off fireworks? We don't pick on Christmas and say, all religions matter. Or the Easter Bunny. And say, why isn't there a Muslim Bunny? <sighs> Leave black people alone about the Black Lives Matter label. It's the name of their organization. Leave them the fuck alone. You never get scared. You know, in all the movies, sometimes there's someone in the, someone in the ravine or there's a crime and there's a crime story and someone shows up in the ravine. In the across, woods. In, in the woods. He, you're not no. nervous about that when you're not, you're not listening to Van Halen or <laughs> you're going to see something off in the distance. There? Well, first of all, I could, I would never get jumped because my ears would be tuned. My ears would have no earbuds in them because I like to listen to the nature. No, here's an interesting thing that I have found about crazy people and, I hope the crazy people listening aren't offended. But when I lived on the beach, they were never, and I used to run on the beach late, late at night. There were never crazy people on the beach. It was too close to the deep end, and they didn't want to fall in. There were never crazy people on the beach if you'd go run on the beach at midnight. There were sometimes people 
frolicking on the beach and smooching on the beach, but never any crazy people. Same thing with the woods. I think it's it's interesting, the crazy people. And there is a homeless contingent of some crazy and normal, marginally normal people living in tents along the river next to the woods, but they don't go into the woods. So, uh, yeah, so no, I feel no danger in the woods. Since Friday night at 6 through midnight, a total of 12 people have been shot and killed here in Chicago. 63 people shot altogether, and that includes nine juveniles. And it's all, you also believe there's no crime, like mysteriously crime goes away. You're one of the few people as the world on television. On television, right. there's fire and there's riots and people are <laughs> buying guns and there's no ammo anywhere. Right. You, you you, for whatever reason, believe there's you know limited crime. There must be nothing no. in Chicago and all that. You think the numbers are lesser than what we all believe. Okay, Chicago's different. But in general, in the United States and the world, crime is in the history of statistics. I'm not going with the belief. I'm going with the numbers. In the history of statistics, crime has never been lower. Pre-COVID. Now, there's a lot more people now with free time to uh, go cause trouble at uh, – at a Trump rally or a Black Lives Matter rally. And then there's those hooligans that always show up at those things. And a lot of times it's because those you know, people who cause trouble, A, usually don't work anyway. Or B, nobody's working anyway. So there's a lot more time for people to go to a, a rally or a protest. And But in general, yeah, the great news. And there's a book out that I have to get the, that um, I'll have to get the name of and I will drop it in. To the podcast, because I always... Uh, factfulness! I thought of it! Factfulness! It's a book out called Factfulness. There's... Uh, in the, At this time on the planet, the, every baby born, every baby born anywhere in the world is within 10 miles of a free vaccine, if those parents would like that baby to get a free vaccine. Uh, there's never been less starvation in the world. Uh, there's never been less war in the world. And there's never been less crime in general. But the, the key is we've got the internet now. So now when a Karen uh, starts trouble at the park or a Karen, you know, calls the police on a black family having a picnic at the park, it makes it appear as though racism is going rampant or crime is going rampant. Or, you you know, there's plenty of things on YouTube and Twitter of two guys getting in a fight at AM, PM, Mini Mart. But in general, we're safer than we've ever been. Or getting dragged off a plane because they won't (laughs) Those people, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but let me jump back in on Chicago. The city of Chicago has surpassed 500 homicides in 2020, mm-hmm. exceeding last year's total with one third of the year to go, according to data released by the Chicago Police Department and confirmed by various news outlets in Chicago. The Chicago Police Department recorded 63 homicides in the month of August bringing the yearly total in Chicago up to 506, while that monthly total marks a steep decline from the 105, 105 homicides seen the previous month in July. This is just a broad political question. Oh, yeah. Rahm Emanuel, Barack Obama, Mm -hmm. Donald Trump, everybody. My wife's from the Illinois downstate. I am amazed by this because I love Chicago and I've been to Ditka's restaurant and Soldier Great Field. Great city. And I've been around, you know, the safer areas of Chicago. And I'm always fascinated by the rough elements of a city. Where is it actually? I'll never forget 
the tour I had of Oakland. Right. I got hired by the Raiders, and Raider D took me through the killing fields. And he took me through the killing fields in Oakland, and he gave me a history lesson. And it was like a movie. He's saying, well, this is where this gang started, and this is where crack was born. And this is where this legendary pimp was killed. And I was like, wow. It was like a documentary. And at, yeah. the, end, at the end of the tour, he took me to a home, and outside there were boiling crawfish. It really reminded me of the movie Training Day. I'm the white guy. Right. And there were Latinos and blacks and white guys, and they're all around the crawfish. And I go into this garage. It was a garage that lifts up. You know the garage that lifts up? Yeah. And I go into the garage, and I'm seeing things on the wall and guns, rifles uh-huh. on the wall. And I said, if that garage, and it would never have happened, this is my friend, but if that garage ever closed behind me, uh-huh. like from good <laughs> I never would have been I don't tell this story much it was one right. of those moments that I said as a young father and as a young husband I said why did I do this and I did it because I trusted my friends but he took me through the killing fields in the history of of the homicides in Oakland and to get back to Chicago why why can't we bring in the army the National Guard and just camp police out for 24 months in a row and literally build build a, a fort right there on the corner and stop this this is insanity Tom. well because they, we have laws against that the army takes an oath to protect the country not fight against its own citizens so there's a there's a little legal quirk with that oh i forgot and, <laughs> and here's another thing about that is as you noticed when you took that tour and you know the la riots in 92 started in florence and normandy and if you drive down there there's a napa auto parts and a popeye's chicken on the other corner and tommy's liquor store and nothing going on very quiet because um even even in so-called rough neighborhoods 99 percent of the time it's pretty quiet it's people working to pay for those homes uh and what's going on in chicago which is always why I was against intervening in wars in the Middle East with Shia and Shiites, and we couldn't figure out the difference, and we don't know who and that, because it's not our culture. We can't figure out who the good guys are and the bad guys. Well, that, oh, that can be said in our own culture, too. Sometimes we can't, because young guys, and you know this, young guys who are in their teens and 20s love to dress like bad boys, even when they're good boys. Good boys love dressing like bad boys. So a lot of times we can't – our cops and people in charge can't tell the difference between a, a good 19-year-old and a bad 19-year-old because they're, they're sagging the same pants. One's a college student. One's a gangster, black or white or Latino because uh, they all like to dress like – badasses like to dress like – it's a testosterone thing with boys. So if you can't figure out your own culture, intervening in foreign soil is uh, is even more of a disaster. And – to bring it back to your question, how come we can't fix that? I don't have the answer. Yeah, but you we, can't have the answer. to find the answer. You're right. Well, the answer to me, there was 495 homicides in all of 2019. We're talking Chicago, not right. the state of Illinois, Chicago. And as I said, we talked about the number now as we're recording this on October 8th is 506. So we are sitting here over a thousand lives and babies getting shot and toddlers and, you know, gang violence and all yep. of that. And it's just such a shame that we have no fucking clue, none, how to stop this. And we've had some of the 
greatest, just ask them, some of the greatest political minds that we've ever seen. I mean, Rahm Emanuel, his family, he's got the doctor, he's got Ari Emanuel, the, the famous agent. Right? Oh, yeah, well, whether you like that family or not, they've got great minds oh. and educated minds. Yep. And this is a guy who is the mayor of the city there and gun violence every day. Former president lives there and, you know, still has a home there and the impact of Barack Obama there. Oprah. Oh, my God. Yep. Oprah. Maybe the most important media individual in the last 30 to 40 years. Chicago. All of this. Michael Jordan. Oh, I love Michael Jordan. Yep. You add all this up and they want to do everything to stop murder and crime. And nobody can do it. What a you, shame. And here's why, what I think needs to happen. And it started to happen with the Black Lives Movement uh, this particular year. Is When people think it doesn't affect me i don't know anybody like that that's when things don't get changed it's if you remember during the aids crisis people thought well i don't know any gay people or any any intravenous drug users so then people started to come out of the closet for our, their own health they realized in the health of anybody with the same orientation and eventually as you know, by 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 the time the, the century turned, we real we, everybody realized they did know a gay person, and it helped with the advancement of medicine. Now take it to Chicago. As soon as you think, oh, I don't know anybody like that, it's others. It's black kids. It's others. And when people who are non-black think that way, the problem doesn't get taken care of. When people like you, though, take a concern and say, you do know somebody who looks like that. Not only do you have an uncountable number of black colleagues and black friends when you have parties at your house, you also know teenagers. You have two. So you can relate it is teenagers, mostly, who are going down in that city. And if we, we all need to think of it as an American problem and not a Chicago problem or a black problem, and that's when we'll get something. Yeah, I couldn't disagree with you more. And we oh, really? On, yeah, we weren't planning on doing any of this. And right. I, 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 I vehemently disagree with you. This is uh, Wait, wait, on which part? You, you must agree when I say it's an American problem. Not a Chicago problem or a black problem. I, this is why I don't agree. This does okay. not happen. There's not 500 homicides in October in Des Moines, Iowa. Right. Okay. There aren't 500 in St. Augustine, Florida. Right. So when we look at this, this is an isolated mass problem in the city that's completely out of control because the gangsters, the hood rats, the people uh -huh. that intimidate, the bullies – feel comfortable that they can get away with it there because of either the lack of money policing the lack of government intervention the lack of people really caring and the scared people here's my big point on this it's the amount of people that aren't going to snitch don't want to get in trouble because they don't want to get killed they right. don't want to be ratted out and it's fear this is all about why you can live in Chicago in a high-rise off of Michigan Avenue and have a beautiful life, and then two miles from the crow's fly, you can get shot and killed because people are in fear in these neighborhoods from the bullies and the criminals who are not in fear. Those criminals are not in fear of the National Guard. They are not in fear of the mayor. They are not in fear of the police chief. They are not in fear of the president or their senator doing anything about it. Well... Here's where I'm confused. We don't disagree. You didn't say anything wrong there. What I said was we entirely, as Americans, need to concentrate on this problem, not build schools in Baghdad. We need to concentrate on what's going on in Chicago as an American problem, 
not a black problem but that's or a very of veiled other. that's a very veiled and you all, you've all, you've taught me this. You mean no too macro else. my answer is too yes, loud. You've yeah, taught Cinderella me and macro yeah okay you've always taught me when we're on the air we're broadcasting we're right. not narrowcasting well that was a very broad generalization right. <laughs> and we're narrowcasting the city of Chicago and the fear and you know what what's happened with de Blasio and New York City and New York City is just chaos and you could say that COVID helped throw it into chaos. Sure you did. Be, you yeah. can say a lot of things, the economy there and all that. But the fact is, what happened in New York and the policing was far from good or perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm pro-cop, and there's a lot of New York cops who are not only friends of mine, great friends of mine. I actually wrote a card the other day to my buddy who's a cop retiring and oh, thanking wow. him for his 32 years of service. But, By the way, the Irish guy, I'm not saying this, but is, our, is it our friend's brother? No, it isn't. It's okay. another guy. Okay. But the issue becomes you have to. You have to make sure that people do not live in fear. And the reason we do that is we want to protect innocent people from bullies and criminals. And the only people to do it are police officers. And we got to get rid of the worst of the worst cops. We have to re-educate and train, and I'm all for that. But, man, the well, it's not, to, it's not just police officers also. We need to back teachers because yeah, teacher, yeah. teachers can help in an incredibly peaceful way with no gun in their pocket. I just wish that, you know, it's from the beginning of time, dating back to the caveman, the strongest caveman. People yep. live – there are some people who just live in fear and other people that stand up to bullies and stand up to fear. And the problem is now everybody has a gun. Right, so everybody has a gun. So if you want to, you know, if you want to be like me when someone goes ripping down the street and mm-hmm. you know they go through the stop sign and I want to scream, well, you always got to say in the back of your mind or road rage, oh, that guy might have a gun. He might turn around and screech and come oh, wow. back. Wow, here's JT projecting again. You're saying everyone has a gun. Not everybody. Not I don't everybody. know. I don't know anybody with a gun. I don't know anybody with a gun. This is where our our, our worlds are always weirdly. Yeah, more and more, of my friends are yes. guns now. Yes. <laughs> I know nobody that bought a gun, and you seem to have all these friends that have bought guns. Yeah, I got a lot of friends who have bought guns. <laughs> I'm not one of them. I got that in Mexico. I was hoping it holds joints. So is that a joint? Or is it a cigar? It's um, marijuana inside of uh, tobacco. Okay. So it's like posh pot, tobacco posh. You never had that? Yeah, I think I tried one once. Come on, man. (laughs) You probably can't because stockholders, right? I got triggered on this podcast. You know, I'm not like Joe Rogan. I don't interview you smoking a joint and got to get the clicks going up. Imagine that. Let's tweet that out. There's JT who doesn't smoke, smoking a joint. To get you can't even drink today on the podcast because it's two in the afternoon. Yeah, I can't drink today because I have to do a TV show tomorrow, Talk of the Nation, which is uh, the big Raider TV show I nice. do locally. And our, my guest tomorrow is Guy Fietti. Oh, you know, nice. Yes. Yes. Dives and the drive-ins, everything he does. Great Raider fan and all now, that. Now, are you doing that interview from the beautiful new stadium? No, the studio at the facility where the Raiders, uh, yeah. where the Raiders have their t- new TV studios, which is great. I interviewed John Gruden on Thursday, and that's a trip. A trip because I think the world to him, and we're right. good friends, and he comes in with a mask on, <laughs> right? And he, he can't be next to me, so he's got to be on the football field. We're only We're only – a hundred yards away from the studio to him on the practice field inside, but I can't be near him because of his COVID protocol. Right. That's twice a day. He tests every day. And, uh, that relationship, which is really a relationship I coveted it, which I really 
really care about. I can't say hi to my friend I know, or my boss sucks. or coach the whole year. The whole year, by the way. Because, you know, I go to games. I do the pregame from the game where he's at. Right. But because of the tiers of NFL protocol, you can't go where the players are, which is great. That's why the NFL is not crumbling. But the there's a little tear with <laughs> and Cam Newton. It's a small oh, iceberg, but not, uh, not, not a big one. Oh, by the way, I'd love to get you to give your opinion on how Cam Cam got COVID, but no one else did. Like, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to shame Cam for getting COVID as no one else did until Stefan Gilmore? No, got, I don't think we should ever shame anybody for getting a virus. No, no of course not. <laughs> but, but it is, it is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it is. Fa- oh, how often are you getting tested? Twice a week. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. cool. That's good. That's good for you to know for you and your family and your parents. Did I hear you mention that your parents are going to be visiting? No, I am leaving Monday, and I'm happy we could talk about this. I'm leaving Monday to go visit mom and dad in Naples, Florida. Oh, it's you that's going to visit them. Yeah. Okay. And uh, again, that's a cause for concern because my parents yeah. are doing really well, and they're they're great, and they're in great shape, and they their lives are beautiful. And we've been waiting a long time. They've usually would have been out in Vegas in May or June, and we would have went home. And I didn't go home last year. I went to Woodlock Pines. Uh, we went to the Poconos for. Oh, that's right. Uh, that big, oh, yeah, that's a good uh, thing you did that then. We did that, and that was pre-COVID. And then I've lost a trip to see my sisters, my cousins, my aunts. Oh, yeah. It really hits hard. And now, instead of going to New York, I'm going to go see my family in Florida. And, and why are they staying in Florida in the summer? Normally, they do that in the winter. Is it because of COVID? No, it's October, and they were there. They were on a long okay. stretch in New York. But it's a fair question because. At this point in time, you got to be careful moving or just leaving yeah. your space. And they're living their lives. If I wanted to visit my mother, I'd have to quarantine 14 days in Elmira, New York, which is <laughs> which is something no one should have to do. <laughs> Hasn't that rule changed? No. no. Well, also because she is in a nursing home. And so they have their protocol as well. So uh, no matter what, I would have to quarantine 14 days, and I can't take 18 days off to go see my mother. But I, uh, and, and once I got there, and if I did quarantine the 14 days, but somebody where she lives, a worker there, or somebody tested positive, then they shut down the whole place. And so, and my, you know, and my, I don't want to put the burden also on. I don't want to pay for a hotel for 14 days or put the burden on my brother and sister-in-law by st- you know, asking them to stay in their house for 14 days. Or you know, I'd, it'd be a pain in the ass if I came to town, put it that way. Well, the pandemic, not since the Spanish flu over 100 mm-hmm. years ago, where people did not have airplanes to get on, so they couldn't travel mm-hmm. from Elmira, New York, to Hollywood, where you were back and forth. You know, people just couldn't walk two blocks to their buddy who lived in a you know, walk-up tenement house, right? right? Or they couldn't do this, or they couldn't get on in a horse and buggy and go, you know, a couple of blocks away. Now the tourism industry where I live in Vegas is oh. shot. Uh, we're having tough times here in Vegas, let me tell you this. So I've been walking you through. Yeah, I now. have a friend. I have a friend who lives in Amsterdam who just says it's unbelievably quiet in the city of Amsterdam because there's no tourists. In Vegas, oh. we are having tourists, and it's a, it's an element. It's an element of the tourist. Some that are now just trying to take over the city. Crime's gone up. The police are trying to take wow. over security. If you're is a, it, security, is it those people from Iowa coming in? No, it's just people. You know, everybody coming in and. 
coming in for cheap rooms and you know you get a chance okay. to stay in a room that's usually 400 bucks a night and it's 89 bucks a night wow you know some people are just coming in here just a little bit crazier wilder not showing enough respect here and that's an issue and then you know going back to florida to see my folks i have to fly through to get to naples florida i got to fly through dallas so my flight's at five in the morning. I'm bringing my golf clubs and I'm going to fly through Dallas, then change a plane or stay on the plane. I think I'm changing it and then fly to Naples. So I'm going to be masked up. I'm going to have the mask on and be, be right. But the nerve, the nerves that I have on God forbid, bringing something and I'm tested. I'm right. tested. Imagine the you're million- one of the most tested mans in America. Well, there are people that president JT, there are people that want to get tested. I would recommend everybody get tested, but in between the test and the time you function for airports, you have no idea what's going to happen. No idea. Yeah, I know. My cousin, my cousin wanted to visit for a week, and we were trying. He said, "I can get." He said, "I'll get tested as soon as I get there." But I'm thinking, you know, with the testing and the testing, sometimes when you get tested, you might have it, but you're not test negative yet. You know, every which way but loose, they have us nervous about as we should be. Uh, about this uh, about this virus and I, I understand why you are now when you see your parents will you greet them with an elbow a wave from six feet away how's that gonna work great question i don't know i, I would assume yeah. you know i was talking to my best friend jimmy b about this and we were talking about that same topic and you know you go into the condo and do you wear a mask and i could see myself wearing a mask inside right mask and doing certain things but you know do you get lazy and take the mask off when you go to the restroom and you know but uh, everybody needs to be diligent we're at a time in the virus now that all i'm saying is travel see your loved ones if you can't see your loved ones if you just can't because you're out of work you can't do it your loved ones are in a nursing home as you talked about whatever it is i understand but i think everybody now got to start to make their own decision are we going to wait longer and longer to see our families? I, I think that's going to hurt people mentally. I think the people are going to have more difficult times. The most important thing in life is your family. You need to see your family. And when you're someone like me that chose to move away because I wanted the lifestyle and, you know, I met my wife out West and my kids grew up here. It pains me when I can't see my family, which is predominantly back East and my wife's family. So the guilt level is always higher. No one understands the guilt unless you're there because yep. the family does a lot more. They're there every day. So they're there. My sisters do so much more than me because they're around my family. Yep. Got my brother drive. does more than me. Yeah, yeah, they got a chance to drive my parents' car down to Florida. They help out more. They're there. So when you get a chance to see your family, go see your family. Yep. And if you want to play it safe for another four months because the vaccine's going to come, I respect everyone's opinion there too. Oh, and you gave there was a great meme that my nephew put up on Instagram the other day that it was about saying things when you feel them. And I think the COVID-19 era reminded us to tell people we love we love them when we when we think it Uh, don't don't save it for Christmas. Don't save it for a birthday. Don't save it for a holiday. Uh, friends and family, you got to tell them how you feel when you're feeling, especially compliments and positive things. Uh, remember to say those. And, and I know that as a gym guy too, JT. You know, the, I always call them the worried well. It's the people who who know each other from the gym are the ones who are obsessive and see each other there on Friday nights and on the weekends. And you got to tell people they look good when they look good. 
because uh, people who they just don't, you know, any kind words. When you think them, say them. And you're right, especially with our families right now. We can't see who we want to see. My niece is growing up and she's she's starting the eighth grade and she had a choice. Notre Dame High School, Elmira, New York. And she had a choice. Well, she's in Notre Dame Junior High. Or middle school, I guess they call it now. I don't want to age myself. <laughs> and uh, and she had a choice of whether or not to do – she's very social. My brother was an engineering major and quiet. Her mother is quiet. And she's got my gene, the entertainment gene. Loves the center of attention, a microphone, a stage, a piano, whatever it is to be the center of attention. She's in the play. And they wouldn't know how to handle somebody like that except they already had to handle me growing up. And – she, I haven't I haven't seen her play any instruments or do anything. And she had a choice about whether or not to go to school in person because Elmira, New York is a small place or to stay home. And that generous soul chose to stay home because she's got older parents than her friends. Isn't wow. that nice? That's beyond nice. Yeah. It's beautiful. Guitar legend Eddie Van Halen died of cancer today. Few could match his speed or his influence to an entire generation of guitarists. Eddie Van Halen. God. The rock god, he's on the Mount Rushmore. We're not going to waste time on the podcast talking about the Mount Rushmore, but I will. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix is on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, you cannot touch Jimi Hendrix. That's oh, in terms I, of the greatest guitarists of all time, he's right there with Jimi. When it comes to the Yankees, you can't touch Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, and that drives Jeter and Yogi Berra and Mickey Mantle and all the fans crazy because you can't touch him. You cannot touch Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen. And I believe, I believe if you look at guitar and rock guitar, any type of guitar, you can't touch Eric Clapton, slow hand. So right there, you only got one more spot left. So right. Eddie Van Halen is on the Mount Rushmore of most impactful, greatest guitar players. Oh, yeah. Jimi Hendrix is Washington. Eddie Van Halen's Lincoln. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the thing is, for so long in his young career – when he would do great guitar solos, he would turn his back to the audience so other guitarists couldn't see his unique style and mimic it. I mean, that's how – and they were an amazing – and by the way, a big Southern California band. I believe David Lee Roth's father was a, a dentist in Pasadena and bankrolled the band. And so they, they, they were lucky in that department. But, you know, with uh, luck is also where the, when the intersection of hard work and opportunity. They, they put in the hard work. They were kids who didn't listen to music. They were young guys who made music, amazing music. Did great covers before they wrote their own music, and their own music soared. And a great, great fun fact for you that I don't know if if you already knew this, you got to tell me. But I I wanted to 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 broadside you with it to see if you knew this. When David Lee Roth left the band or was kicked out or whatever, they do you know who the first choice to replace David Lee Roth? was i have no idea this is going to be yes. great yeah it was patty Smythe. patty Smythe at the time was having a torrid love affair with eddie van halen which valerie didn't know about and they were also both uh having a lot of fun with extracurricular pharmaceuticals and cocaine and everything else at the time and they were both nuts at the time because they were so young and so successful and that brings on crazy behavior 
and she was their first choice, but they worried about that. Their, their relationship was so volatile that when the band got together, they thought, mm, and they decided not to do it. And then they went with Sammy Hagar. And I am one of those mortal sinners who loves the Sammy Hagar Van Halen stuff more than David Lee Roth. I mean, I know I'm going to go to rock and roll jail for that, or at no. least Van Halen jail, because, oh, my God, I love that. Was it 5150? That album that came out with Sammy Hagar in 84, oh, my God, that was great. Oh. Interesting on that, because I was a David Lee Roth guy until yep. David Lee Roth recently, over the last five to ten years, became so bizarre. Right. He, tried, he always wanted to be a game show host. Really. He always wanted to be a game show host, and he morphed into that. That's why it was Dave TV, Just a Gigolo. Remember, he went through that stage yep. on yep. when the band broke up. And then his voice deteriorated so badly. And take it from me, the voice guy that destroys my voice weekly. He got to the point where he couldn't sing anymore. So he did a residency pre-COVID out here in Vegas, and it just lasted a couple of nights. Wow. He wow. couldn't sing. He was so bad that even the David Lee Roth fans, and I'm one of them, couldn't even handle the show because he was so wow. bad. And he's another guy. You know, Imagine if Axl Rose, when he split up from Slash and Guns N' Roses, if he just decided he wanted to be a weird game show host character, <laughs> wanted to come back and be a different guy, that never would work. Right. Dave, Dave never understood that Van Halen and Eddie and Alex needed to get back together to make money, right, to make money and go out on tour. And he couldn't find a way to become someone he was. All he had to go back is be the old David Lee Roth, get a hair right. yeah. grow your hair long like a mane, and try to sing the songs that way. Just like Vince Neil can't do it for Motley Crue, he can't lose the weight, he can't get his voice back. It's a really big deal, but back to Eddie. Eddie changed the way every young guitar player since dreams of playing guitar as a oh virtual poster and that good. And you know, uh, when Michael Jackson's album, was a Thriller, came out, uh, the number one rock station in L.A. at the time was 95.5 KLOS. Oh, what a great radio station and still is. And I can't, I can't, by the way, I came this close. You can't see my fingers since it's a podcast, but this close. <laughs> you look swole, by the way. I mean, I don't oh, thank you. You look thank swole. It's actually probably because I've been, I lost my COVID 10. So sometimes when you lean out, your muscles pop. Well, you didn't have to address that. You could have just said thank you, but <laughs> you, know, you, you know how obsessed I am. I will, I will, I will segue from talking about anything else to my own body in a second. Don't, 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 uh, don't trigger me. And so when any event, when the, thr when Thriller came out, 95.5 calories. Oh, I was going to say I came this close to working there about a year ago. Um, KLOS played beat it by michael jackson it was right when the album came out and since it was you know eddie van a lot of that was eddie van halen's song eddie van halen played the guitar on beat it but they didn't say who it was they just played it on klos and the whole country heard about it because it was a rock station playing michael jackson and that was the eddie van halen effect because eddie van halen played on that album and played on that song and it helped michael jackson really uh have a great mainstream hit because because it had a great rock and roll guitarist playing lead guitar or maybe the greatest 
on that song. And it was the first time you know any rock and roll station ever played Michael Jackson. And it was because of Eddie Van Halen. I got one great Van Halen story for you. Can I give it to you? Yeah. On our, for our podcasters. So it's September 1st, 1986. I'm in Geneseo State University, upstate New York, and Van Halen's playing at the Silver Stadium in Rochester, New York. Wow. And we're all going to Van Halen, the fraternity. There's groups of cars. Guys are going to go. And we decide that we're going to go to this concert. And me and my buddy Gip and my buddy Andy and a bunch of us pile into a car. And we're drinking all day at the fraternity house. I mean, we're going to Van Halen right. <laughs> at an outdoor show. So we're boozing up, having fun like you do in college. And we get in the car and we take off. And that was before the iPhone or any type of satellite where you could figure out your GPS. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we got anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> and Geneseo, my school's off a small farm town. It's in the middle of nowhere. Right. So someone said, well, I got a way to take the back roads. We can take the back road. <laughs> Here we can make a left at this, you know, this fork, and we can right. do this and that. And I don't pay attention. I'm in the car, and we're drinking beer, and we're partying. And we come up. I remember this like it was yesterday. Now, you're no help when it comes to getting directions anyway. We're driving down these farm roads in the middle of nowhere, and Mount Morris, wherever it is. And there is a road with just corn all around us. That's what I, That was my last memory of this. And we came to a T in the road where you had the road ended and you had to make a right or a left. We had to make a right to go to Rochester, New York. And we're going speeding, the driver's speeding, and the next thing you know, he goes right through the T. Never stopped. And we, the car went airborne, and we went flying in the air, and we landed in a cornfield. So if anybody came either other direction and didn't stop, we would have been T-boned right. and dead. We go up in the air. We land in a cornfield. I remember the car going fast and the corn coming by the windshield, you know, the corn stalks. And the car came to an end, and there were no cell phones back then. This is 1986. Huh. And one of my fraternity brothers walked, walked to a farmhouse to borrow their phone. We were all okay. Called back to the fraternity house. Someone came with a Ford Bronco. Spanky came with a Bronco, <laughs> picked us up on the side of the road. We left the vehicle there, and we went to Van Halen. <laughs> kept going, and we were we were <laughs> we were so nervous about being late for Van Halen. Wow, you weren't nervous about maybe having a ruptured spleen and not no, knowing none it. of that. We were fine. <laughs> we were fine. And let me give you some of the songs in the wow. set as they opened up with "You Really Got Me." There's only one way to rock by Sammy Hagar. So this was Van Hagar, okay, right? So great. he opens up, there's only one oh, way to rock. Great. Summer nights, get up, dreams, 5150, Panama, best of both worlds, love walks in, Eddie's guitar solo, I can't drive, 55, ah! ain't talking about love, why can't this be love, and the encore, I'll never forget it, rock and roll by Led Zeppelin with Eddie Van Halen wow. on lead guitar. Wow. And Sammy Hagar singing it. Wow. That's a great concert. And what your greatest, I love that your greatest Van Halen story is with Sammy Hagar. I yeah. love it. <laughs> and I want to add, if Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I have I'm speaking. Up. I just want to mention that no matter what anybody's political proclivities, I enjoyed the behavior of the vice presidential debate. 
uh, yeah, there were smirks and a couple of people talked too long, etc. But those two, that's how presidents are supposed to act. And I wasn't anxious. And I was very comfortable watching all 90 minutes of that, maybe a little bored at times, but definitely, which is what you're supposed to be when you're watching, uh, when you're watching a presidential debate. You're supposed to be bored by the good behavior. And I appreciated it from Senator Harris and Vice President Pence. I didn't watch 10 seconds of it. Oh, you were working. You had a good excuse. Right? Really, I, I didn't watch 10 seconds. I have no interest in the vice presidential yeah, debate. Yeah, you didn't miss much. And uh, I'm interested in the next 30 days and how this country is going to react to what I believe is going to be the most unique and bizarre election. I know we say every year this is the most important election. Yeah. I'm not going to go down that road. I just think the way it's trending from the stock market to COVID to virtual debates, canceling debates – Counting ballots, harvesting ballast, uh, whatever you believe in or don't believe in, conspiracy theories, it's coming. This is going to deliver like a blockbuster movie. It's going to be big. It's going to be crazy. I don't have any idea how the outcome is going to come into play, but I got a front row seat to it. Yeah, and when it comes to human behavior, humans, human beings are almost impossible to predict. And uh, most people are good. So they're just like I think it's just like Y2K. We're we're really ramping up and we're wondering if something dramatic is going to happen on uh, an election night or if Trump is, is, good, is going to refuse to accept uh, the and, and, you know, remember the, a lot of we're being played in a lot of different ways. It, we it will be fine. The country's been through a lot tougher things than people having to stay at home and watch Netflix. And uh, a lot of the other things we've been through in the past, uh, you know, since March 11th or March 13th seems to be the day they throw out there. I just remember it as being March 11th, but uh, because that's the day my music died and everything slowed down. But I will tell you uh, a lot, as you know, in, in the Vietnam era and different eras in the Civil War and different things this country has had to go through. And you've been at the beaches of Normandy. Uh, Americans have had to go through a lot tougher things than staying home watching Netflix or losing a job, even though I do have great sympathy for all those who have. Be safe and put on a mask. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.